It's like a moment from a horror movie. You have been hanging out in the wrong clubs, Mr. Wayne. I've seen this movie. Smoke and mirrors, guys. Welcome to the movie factory. Join the club. We've got jackets. And you stole it from a movie. We want you in our club, kid. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Burke Reviews Movie Club. I'm John Burke, and with me, as always, Corey Starr. Hello, hello. And we are in our first week of May Music Documentary Month, um, where we're going to be watching uh, four, I believe, or is it five? I think it's four. It's four. Uh, four music documentaries this month, um, which is exciting because Corey and I are both uh, very much music influenced people. Uh, we Music is a big part of our personalities, especially younger us uh where we were so um against one another musically that we we weren't friends for a little bit uh we pretended to be out of necessity (laughs) um for our my my wife and her friend uh we were friendly ish at times until we talked about music and then it was it was not good um but we've matured um have we no i'm kidding (laughs) i mean i have Corey has (laughs) still petty well, much like a young child unwilling to let go of their imaginary friends, Corey has imaginary bands. This and one just so happened to have a mockumentary about it. It was insane the level of of uh, psychosis that must have underwent for Corey to hire people to make All this a fake movie. I I, it's impressive. I mean, uh, it is mostly handheld camera though. To be real, like let's it, it wouldn't have been more than a weekend worth of footage. Um, no, uh, we are going to be talking about Corey's first pick, Dig, from 2004, if I'm not mistaken. Um, it covers uh, two bands, uh, the Dandy Warhols and uh, the Brian Jones- Jonestown Massacre, a name I cannot easily remember after trying many, many times. Uh, we won't talk about those just yet, though, because we like to first catch up with what we've been doing since the last time we recorded and what else we've we been watching? So, Corey, how you doing? I mean, I'm fine, but I'm deeply offended. <laughs> I was going to oh, say I'm a little sorry. deeply offended, and that's kind of contradictory. A little deep, yeah. A you didn't bit. realize the change in my name, Corey Star uh, Star. <laughs> uh, it's because it's too long. All I see on my screen is Corey <laughs> ST. It. it just says ST, and that's all I get. Well, so. it's Corey Star Star, and Star Star is hyphenated. I see this. It's good, I, right? I feel like I should know why, and I, I don't. Courtney Taylor Taylor. Oh, I yeah. I, I, I don't another know. Another name I can't remember. Uh. <laughs> I don't know if they referred to him as that. I don't know if at that point he was going by that name, but he does now. So here mm. we are. Um, But I'm doing fine. I've been doing grown-up things this week. I've been, you know... My sprinkler system hasn't been working, and we flooded our backyard. We flooded our backyard neighbor's backyard. Like, oh, wow. At this point, three and a half weeks ago, that very day, I called the company, you know, that usually, like, does the work on our sprinklers and does other, you know, things like that. They do, like, an annual maintenance for us before winter comes. Winter is coming. And, um, you know, they just haven't gotten back to me. I guess I'm forgettable i'm not on the totem pole whatever i'm not very important but so a friend came over and helped me a couple evenings 
you know, we've changed out sprinkler heads. We've, you know, re like directed them. We got the, we got everything almost working. I need to have like a large sprinkler head, you know, replaced. And I'm not doing that myself. It's making me nervous because it's Mm. very big and you don't want to get soil in your system and all this stuff. So, you know, I just feel ignored. <laughs> I just want to give someone a ridiculous amount of money to do something that's probably super easy for them. The part is very cheap. I just can't do it myself. And no one wants to help me because I've called a second company now. Man. And haven't heard back. So. Are they yeah. like just really busy um, they, because of the time of the year, like you were saying? They probably are. But you know what? At least acknowledge me. It is. It's weird. I don't know if it's happening uh, in Idaho um, or elsewhere. I guess I only know what I'm witnessing. But around in this area, it seems like everybody's hiring. Yeah, very short staffed everywhere. And if you go into a restaurant of any kind, uh, the service is not been good. Like, mm. um, and that's whether you're picking up to to you know leave or if you're eating there or whatever. It's just consistently like either because new employees or because they're understaffed and maybe they're panicking. And so they're doing stupid things instead of like efficient things um, to try to like compensate. Like they're trying to juggle like 10 things instead of just do one well yeah, and then do the next one as opposed to trying to juggle 10 of them and none of them getting done. Right. Um, We ordered uh, pickup subs from our favorite sub place, um, which isn't Publix. Um, Sorry, Publix. uh, But I have even I, I feel very confident I've turned my wife into a Jersey Mike's fan Ugh. over public. Um and I I love their subs. Like I, I genuinely do, and we're not sponsored. I, I would be more than willing, even if you just paid me in a sub a week, <laughs> I would be willing to to sponsor. But um I, I like their subs. Now um odd I think it was two weeks ago we went to order subs. We usually order for pickup and I get because I, I don't like the structure of a lot of sub places. Like, like you go in, you have to like walk past the register. You know what I'm saying? Like it's yeah. like an awkward, especially in the pandemic time, there's like no real good place to stand. If there's more than one other person in the store, because mm-hmm. they're always narrow. And then you have to like get to the part where you put the order in. Cause it's not the register, you know? So you have to like navigate this weird area. Um, most of the time is I never, I never like the setup of a lot of these sub places. I, I wonder if it's because they have to have like that assembly line, like almost every single one of them has like a long assembly line and it, doesn't... it is. <clears throat> I think it's a hundred percent that, but some subways, very few, but some are set up correctly where like, there's a clear, like navigational flow to the store. Fair. Um, and then others in like Ooh. every Jersey Micah I've been in, it's, there's this weird, like, the it's it's it seems to depend on if the store is long or wide if it's wide they can do like a nice little kind of pathway but if it's long and you're like you walk in the door and like you're looking at the the back of the store from the door kind of i don't know if i'm explaining this well but in my head i know what i'm saying and i think i'm right but nevertheless um so we usually just do order for pickup and that's that's it's convenient you go in the sub's ready you leave you know no big deal you're not in people's faces or whatever and uh, it's it's a bummer because they have really great hot subs. Like to me, the the like Philly cheesesteaks or the chicken cheesesteaks are the best that you can get around here. Um, but I don't like to do that and then drive twenty minutes back home because it's not really hot anymore. You know what I'm saying? Like, is it in WH? Yes. Yeah. Okay. It is. Um. So I put I put our order in for cold subs tonight, 
and it's like I do this at like five fifty, and I'm thinking, um, to, this is it's been Teacher Appreciation Week all week. I should point out, and I I've been blessed with forty dollars in Starbucks gift cards. Um, yes, um, from a variety of sources, and so in my head I was like, I'm gonna go to Starbucks and then go get my sub because I was trying to like get the subs before Kathy got home from work, and so I put the I put the order in at like five fifty. And it was like, they'll be ready at 640. I'm like, wow, that's really long. But it's a Friday night. Not not outrageous. Um, so I put the subs in. I, I go, I'm like, I'm going to go to Starbucks. Starbucks looked a little busy. So I'm like, I'll, I'll go on my way back. Because they're going to be cold subs anyways. I can just swing in and get my, my coffee. So I, you know, I make sure I get there like 10 minutes before my pickup time. Usually the subs are ready. Even if it's early. You know, because that's, you make the sub, right? I walked into chaos tonight. Oh, like, no. so they had closed down two weeks ago to remodel was what it said on the app. Like I went to put an order in and it said close for remodel. I'm like, okay, that's weird. Mm. And all the remodel was, was they, they cut a part of the counter out to put a pickup station. So like for pickup orders, because that's a big, since the pandemic pickup orders and uh, delivery has really increased dramatically everywhere. Right. We're never because going back. We don't want to go places. Right. And so companies are making those adjustments to make it more efficient. <laughs> so I'm like, cool. Maybe my subs are on this rack. They were not. And then I'm kind of like, ju- there's so many people, but like, you know, I'm a little braver with people right now. Cause I'm wearing my mask. And I think everyone was actually wearing masks, which was surprising. Cause that's not a thing oh. in Florida right now. Um, but, uh, and I, I'm vaccinated. So I'm like, I'm cool. You know, uh, I'm just going to wait. And and so I like step back a little bit. I'm waiting for my subs to show up magically on the, the shelf that has now been built into our store. And I, I realized that, oh, wait, this is chaos. There's like a lady yelling about her sub being made wrong. There's a dude who's clearly not doing online order. He's like, there to put his order in he looks angry and there's three <laughs> girls who seem to be like crossing paths like i don't know if, if every jersey might same, but there's a person on the grill for the hot subs there's a person usually making the the subs to order and on the register and there's a second station for the online stuff and they're all like in each other's they're moving into each other's section so like oh they're not organized they have no idea what they're doing here like they're running around too much they're trying to do too many things each instead of doing one thing each. And at some point I realized that like, I need to say that I'm here for a pickup because they're, they're not, they don't seem to be making anything like they're just running in circles. And so I'm like, Hey, I had an, an order and I'm like, what's the name? I say my name and then I get really scared because she grabs a stack of receipts and starts <laughs> flipping through them. And I'm like, Holy cow, what is happening? And then she's like, we're out of all the bread except for the rosemary parmesan. What? I'm like that's yeah, I'm like that's fine. Uh, she's they're baking bread but apparently they did not anticipate a big Friday night. And so they're out of like all the bread, which is part of the reason why there are so many receipts because they're not making them as they came in because they don't know if everyone Word. will be okay with the bread, right? So like now they're just backing up and panicking. Um, so I'm waiting. A Grubhub delivery driver shows up to pick up an order. Guess what? They haven't started it because there's some bread issue. And I'm just like, I'm watching these three girls panic and spiral out of control. Like, oh, and I'm like, texting like Kathy. Me. I just melt down. I'm like, I might have to get us something else for dinner. What do you what else? What else are you interested in? So they, they end up making the subs. 
it, it took a little longer. It wasn't as long as I actually thought it was going to be, to be honest. Like I, I left at like 51. So it was like 10 minutes later than my initial ticket said it was going to be. So really, given the circumstances, not too bad. Because the dude yelled at the, the girl. I thought she was going to cry. She got a little sniffy back, which I was a little like, I was like, good for you. Because he was being a jerk. Like he had a right to be upset, but he was being a jerk unnecessarily. You don't at the have same to be time. mean to people though. Right, exactly. You can be like, clearly they're they're having a moment. Like you can look there and see that this is not their normal behavior. Stuff has gone wrong. They are overwhelmed. They know they're backing up on orders and they there's no bread. What do you do? <laughs> like it's a sub shop. And Give the worst part is subs and tubs. You can tell the people in the store that we don't have something, but the people online are just ordering it. They're just coming through and the website's not telling them they don't have bread. So it's like they're oh, they're panicking. And it, I do I see a, a major flaw in the system of online ordering because like Grubhub and the Jersey Mike app and the uh, DoorDash app, they're not communicating with each other to kind of pace out the orders. They're just all happening at once, right? So it's just just nonstop. That's a good idea. It, it's it's a scary system the way it's working because no one was prepared for it to be what it is now, right? And we we did get our subs, and surprisingly, they were actually perfect. And I was very impressed with that because I'm like, I, I would not have thought because the girl calls me over and she won't let me take the bag until she sticker seals it closed because that's the protocol. <laughs> like, there's. A, <laughs> I think I'm just you like, should leave them a good review, John. Oh, I was I thought she was gonna cry because the one sticker wouldn't get off her thumb. Oh and no! She, <laughs> I hate when i'm frustrated or i'm mad i am so much quicker to cry oh yeah when that happens than if i'm sad y'all like i will just shut down i'll cry and shut down and i just oh man yeah i i was just like no and again and they were all a little shell shocked because they've been yelled at by back-to-back customers so like this girl looks and i I can be an intimidating looking presence. I am generally nice. I I am scary if I am mad, but I try not to ever let that show. And so I, I know she's thinking he's going to yell at me. He's going to yell at me. And I'm well, thinking, everyone else I'm really has. not. Yeah, it's exactly. I'm like, I'm really not going to please. It's you're fine. Everything's fine. Like, uh, you know, was I a little irritated? Of course. I, but the whole reason you do an online thing is, is your anticipation is in and out, right? Like you want to yeah. walk in, there's your stuff. You want to leave. And when you have to wait, it is aggravating. But I don't blame. Again, I could look and with my eyes see why they were in their situation. It and it could have been so many things. Maybe they were short staffed right. during the day and they weren't able to bake bread ahead of time. Or like, guys, I or worked a in baseball team, like did an oh, online order damn. for 30 subs. I mean, there's so many things yeah. that you can't. Because, again, if they had made too much bread, they'd get fired for that. Because they'd be like, oh, Let's, you're wasting our money. You know, so it's like there's. Let's just talk about how everybody in that store is there because they can't make their own sandwich. I mean, right? Yeah, I mean, so why you being realistic? Mean? And it's a Friday night. It's it. People seem to and always want to eat out on Friday they? nights. And yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, it was it was a it was a good overall experience. It was a fun story, if nothing else, uh, to to like witness because I'm like, oh man, these. I, I, I do hope that she got to go home and cry or whatever she needed to do to like decompress. Cause it, I I've had a long week. We we've been testing all week 
And during Teacher Appreciation Week, which is a weird kind of what? contradiction. It's like, we appreciate you, but you're going to stand and watch people take a test for five days in a row. Um, several hours of just kids testing and poor kids having to test that much back to back to back. Um, yeah, it, it was, it's been a long week. Uh, you know, we got some nice little perks. We've had some free food, uh, mostly food. And then again, I did get a lot of Starbucks gift cards and that was nice. Um, I've had too much coffee the last few days because of that, but never mind. You know, um, I've had a busy week. So I actually, I started, uh, we had been going to one doctor for several years, our family care physician or whatever. And he was dropped from our insurance, um, last year at some point. And then the pandemic too, like we've been avoiding going to doctor's offices where people might, you know, just have the pandemic. Um, and so I finally was like, I, I want to get, uh, Taylor needed to see a doctor and I wanted this to find a new primary care physician since ours is no longer available. And so I found uh, my new doctor and I was, you know, I'm always a little nervous, like how's it going to click and whatever. She's awesome. Uh, really cool. Also a, a big coffee drinker, which was cool. Cause she didn't lecture me about my caffeine intake. And that was nice. <laughs> mm. um, but uh, apparently I'm very healthy and that's good. Cause I've been working really hard. Um, she did give me the Florida uh, speech. So I'm supposed to go see a dermatologist to make sure I don't have, you know, like my freckles are all good because uh, I am freckly. But um, she she wasn't worried. She's just like, you should always you should go at least once a year to a dermatologist because you live in Florida. I'm like, yeah. For a long time, I didn't go outside, though. And she's like, yeah. <laughs> this is all new. <laughs> um, it's, uh, it's You're not wearing a lot sunscreen. Of... I am because Perfect. of you. Thank to be you. completely honest, you yelled at me last year, and I—I I, I didn't I, yell. I was a little stern. <laughs> you made a very it was a logical argument. It was. I can't dispute it. So that's why I do have sunscreen. I and, just, uh, especially because we've been running in the afternoon, David and I. So it's like super hot at like four o'clock. So uh, sunscreen's been been helpful. Um, but uh, but my new doctor's office has a little pond. Um, outside the waiting room, like you can see it, there's like the window and there's like a gator in the pond. So it's like, yeah, this is such a Florida doctor's office. Um, but, uh, yeah, so busy, busy week, just a lot of stuff. You know, met, met my new doctor. She's awesome. Uh, blood work done this morning so that I can make sure that like my cholesterol and stuff is all good. Um, so yeah, but you know, it sounds like we both have had kind of busy weeks. Yeah. If I don't have to touch a sprinkler for a while, I'm not going to be mad, but they're not popping down now. So here we are. Which is why I don't have very much that I've been watching this week. Um, you want to go first or second with what we've been watching? Um, I'll go first because my list is probably shorter than yours. Uh, I have only been watching Game of Thrones. Oh, that makes sense why you made the joke earlier. <laughs> <laughs> Winter is coming, yeah. Oh, yeah. I want to tell you something too really fast. Okay. I'm very excited because... A Quiet Place 2 comes out May 27th, oh. and I got mine and my friends. We pre-sale, we bought our tickets ahead of time, and oh. we have the top middle row, and I'm just very excited. Very and nice. we're doing the Q&A, the live Q&A with John Krasinski. Um, and, I mean, you know how much I love Killian, so just really excited. Uh, live, like, like teleconference or, like, in person? And oh. In Boise, he's probably going to well, be somewhere in New York or something. Probably, but I wasn't sure. I hadn't heard that, so I was like, "What?" I would just die. Um, 
apparently uh the quiet place Two paramount has shortened their theatrical window and they're going to put it on paramount plus in like 45 days um yeah and so like krasinski and emily blunt want more money because it's in their contract they get a cut of the the box office but now the box office is going to be shortened um which we saw that happen with gail Godot and um patty jenkins over wonder woman 1984 uh when H- when when warner brothers put it directly to hbo max they they got compensated with quite a bit i think 10 million was the compensation um because they were their pay was built into the box office and suddenly there was not going to be much of a box office um so it's something we might see a few more times uh, at least come up would think since it's a contract that they would have to discuss you know what i mean i don't know well there's that's where there's been a lot of pushback from the other movies that they're they drop right on warner brothers uh, right on hbo max um because with Gail Godot and Patty Jenkins, they did like come to an agreement. They did not talk to any of the other filmmakers about their, their change in plans for this year. Oh. So there's been some pushback because of that. And now we're seeing a Paramount doing <clears throat> something similar. And we know that quiet place was, if it had came out as scheduled with no pandemic would have been a huge box office. Huge. And cause everyone was so hyped for it. And I, I honestly think it's going to not only suffer from, um, you know, the the people still not going to the movies. I think it's going to suffer just because people have like forgotten about it. Like it was the marketing was so big, and then it's just been a year of like silence, almost like a quiet place. You can't hear anything about it right now. And yeah, I am excited to see it though. I'm looking forward to it. But so you've been rewatching Game of Thrones, you said? Yeah, because I didn't watch the last season, and it's been so long since I've seen the other seasons. So. Mm-hmm. Dude, I forget how much happens. It's so much. Yeah, I I stopped. I think season five is oh. when I stopped watching. Yeah, I I got tired of it. I, I I have no desire to finish it. I have to see what happens, and I just read what happens. What a spoiler! Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, I'm not gonna tell you. I I knew I wasn't gonna watch it. I I cut myself Thank off. Thank you, because I've unfollowed people on Facebook. <laughs> Because they were spoiling well, things. I mean, I wouldn't spoilers it, don't make. I wouldn't friends. spoil it intentionally, uh, for sure. Like, if you didn't care, I would gladly tell you. But and honestly, I might not even know because I, I like didn't care enough to really like reach it out. I just read basically what you're referring to, like spoilers. I'm like, okay, I get, I get it, I get what happened. It's just, fine. yeah. Um, it, it wasn't a, enough for me to care. I, I love season one. And there's a few seasons that I really got into, and then it it, it just is like, okay, let's move on, guys. Like it's I just so kind of love that no one is safe, no one's off limits. Yeah, we you say that, but that's not true, right? Like, because it's we'll have to talk about blatantly, this. Yeah, I, well, I, I, I'm me. not even talking like <laughs> maybe eight seasons, but like, like. For the most part, the characters that you say that about really were never the focal point of this plot, you know, Word. Um, they were we th- they they were some red herrings. There was every once in a while we're like, maybe, but no, most of them aren't. The They're clearly not the centerpiece of the story, but um, fair. Nevertheless, nevertheless, uh, I have watched a few movies, uh, but since you were talking TV, I started watching uh, on Disney Plus Mighty Ducks Game Changers. Oh, um, which 
is a it's meant for kids, but um, it does have one of the actors from Good Boys, the uh, kind of raunchy uh, Jacob Tremblay movie from a couple years ago. Oh yeah, I did. Who I thought that. was funny on that sh- on that movie, but he felt like he was reading a script. I think he's gotten a little bit more uh, natural and organic with his delivery of comedy, and he's the lead kid in the Mighty Duck show. Emilio Estevez is uh, back as Gordon oh. Bombay from the original trilogy. And I think he's like the best version of Emilio we've had in a long time. Like he's crushing this role because he's not the coach. He's like, he owns a very like rundown hockey rink um, or not a hockey rink an ice skating rink. And he hates hockey. At least that's what he says at first. Um, and he's got this kind of like edgy cynical um, quality that I'm really vibing with. But uh, Lauren Graham, who is oh, yeah. in Gilmore Girls, a show that I got into last summer, is the mom of the the main kid and essentially the lead. Um, but I've had a blast watching the first four episodes. Um, episode five started brought in a plot line that involves like the kid's dad because she's a single parent, and it immediately felt a little too like after school special, like in the first couple of minutes. And I was like, oh, I wish they hadn't gone this route. Like it's too obvious of a of a you know character quality like oh he wants to you know make his dad love him kind of thing and it, i i didn't it's not why i stopped watching it i just was ready to like do something else at the time but i i haven't like wanted to dive back in because of that like a little bit of a played out trope to me is that you know like this the single mom's ex comes back and the kid's like oh yay dad and you know what's gonna happen the dad's gonna, it's gonna be a mess it's gonna be a mess and there's always gonna like it's it just didn't need to be there, but it's probably fine. But I've enjoyed the show so much. I really think the kids are actually really good, which is that's one of the highlights of Mighty Ducks, right? Like the kid actors in those movies are actually really funny and they they did great work, just like the kids in the Sandlot, too. Like when you get a good group of child actors and the movie also is like fun and a good story, it's it can last forever. And that's I'm still a huge fan of the Mighty Ducks, uh, especially one and two. Three is not as good, but one and two I love. And this show really brings that back. And it, it, it it's perfect because you don't have to know the movies to watch it. So like if you have kids yourself and you're like, I want to introduce some Mighty Ducks, but like I feel like they may not vibe with maybe the the look of the 90s movies where this is going to have a more modern feel. The kids are on their cell phones or, you know, they're talking about stuff the kids will know. You could hook them with this show and then bring them back to the trilogy if you want to or just let them have this show because it's definitely geared towards that age group but it's it's a lot of fun um the downside for it is it came out at the same time as falcon and the winter soldier so i feel like it got overshadowed um and now that that's over here's you have that window before loki comes out give give some other disney plus stuff a, a chance from what i've heard disney plus has been pretty solid with their original programming but marvel and star wars are like overshadowing all of the other stuff so uh, if you're not like actively paying attention to what's on there, you're probably missing some pretty quality uh, content. Again, Mighty Ducks Game Changer. Um, I've watched a few movies. Though. I watched Don John, the uh, only film Joseph Gordon-Levitt has directed. Oh. Um, it's it's awkward at times uh, because it, it's it's ultimately about the, his character has a porn addiction, and there's a lot of scenes where like if people are like hearing your audio, it's going to sound like you, maybe you're watching porn. <laughs> yeah, um, that's true. And, or like he'll be describing what he likes about porn in, in like way too much detail. And you're just like, okay, dude, I don't want people to hear those words coming out of my TV screen. 
especially not like my daughter. Like I don't want that. So I almost turned it off. Um, I was watching it because Blank Check was doing a one of episode. And as I've talked about that podcast a lot, I, I like to generally have seen the movie that they're going to be talking about. So if it's available to me and I bought Don John at our Dollar Tree uh, not too long ago. So I, I owned a copy of it. Um, so I was like, hey, it's got a huge cast. I mean, Anne Hathaway uh, and Channing Tatum cameo in like for like 10 seconds. Like it's the smallest part, but like they're in it. Scarlett Johansson's the the love interest. Uh, Julianne Moore is a, a major character in the film. I mean, it's, it's crazy. Um, and it's not a bad movie, but it is awkward at times. It's not a great movie either. And it definitely doesn't age well. Um, cause one, it, it's very clearly inspired by the Jersey shore. And, uh, two is there's a lot of like, maybe mask, like toxic masculinity. That's not, it's, I don't feel like he's condoning it, but I don't know that it's also saying anything that like, holds up but um i watched the last star trek movie for the same reason for the blank check uh patreon stuff i've now seen uh, not, i'm sorry the last original cast star trek film uh star trek 6 the undiscovered country i really like that one quite a bit um it, it, the the story usually goes from fans that the even number of star trek films are the good ones so two four and six and i can't disagree with those they're my favorites for sure um, Matt and I reviewed Tom Clancy's Without Remorse, which is new on Amazon Prime. Stars uh, Michael B. Jordan. It's not not great. Uh, he's he's fine, but overall the movie's kind of disappointing. It's not anything to write home about. It, it's got some decent action in it, I guess. Uh, for me, nothing nothing that stood out to be too too great. Um, I watched a film that I can't talk about till Monday, but it's called High Ground. Um, it's an Australian western. Uh, but my review for that will be dropping on on uh, Monday. So if you want to know what I thought, that's where you'll find out. And then I watched Dig, um, and I haven't—I literally haven't watched anything today outside of a couple of uh, TikToks. So um, I'm not—I'm not ready to start reviewing TikToks. So we're gonna just go get into—I uh, think Dig. So why don't we? Um, why don't we do that? Let's get into the stats about Dig from 2004. Uh, it's a documentary. Corey, I, I want to, Not we have a mutual friend. Um, Do we? I wasn't going to go that. Uh, we have a mutual friend who has actually been a guest on this podcast. Uh, it's been a while now because we've been doing this podcast for a long time. And I think that was one of our first episodes. Oh, shoot. Um, uh, and, but uh, Brendan is our friend and you and Brendan are big fans of the Dandy Warhols, correct? Yes. <laughs> that was a really long pause for you to say <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. Um, our our, our uh, connection is a little off a little bit. Uh, so that's why I was like waiting for the sound to come back in. Um, but yeah, we are. So I'm speaking um, for him right now. No, I'm kidding. Well, my question, I guess, uh, has did has he seen this movie? I am pretty positive he has. I think that he so I've been suggested. This has been suggested to me. Um, I'm pretty sure that he suggested it. So then I bought it because he was the second okay. person who I'm pretty sure he suggested it, but I bought this on DVD like years ago. Like, and listener, I bought it on Amazon prime for seven bucks. Um, so that I could watch it. It's very expensive now on DVD. Dang, like, I paid not, like not even 10 bucks. Yeah, it, very expensive might be wrong. It's in the 20s, though. It was more than I wanted to spend on something I knew nothing about. Um, but 
let's uh get to the stats real quick before we get into our thoughts on the film but dig with an exclamation point so dig uh 2004 rated r uh i wonder there's a lot of language and there's i guess there's some drug use um and a little bit of nudity not too much but there's there's a couple of like there's a couple yeah um they usually come in pairs a documentary (laughs) on the once promising american rock band the brian jonestown massacre and the dandy warhols and the friendship rivalry between their respective founders anton newcomb and courtney taylor now courtney taylor taylor did he get married to someone with the last name taylor is that like is that why i remember read i remember reading that he did it because women i don't know like to be i don't know funny or something he is married but i don't know if his wife has the same last name interesting well this documentary has a 76 meta score a uh a 7.8 IMDb user score directed by Andy Timoner? Timoner? Timoner. I don't know. Timoner. Timoner. Um, who? Uh, that's it's a it's a female. Andy is a female. Um, I know nothing about her other work. She's done uh, Maplethorn, Coming Clean, and uh, a Russell Brand, either comedy special or documentary. I'm not sure. Well, she was a producer of those. I'm sorry. Um, looking at her IMDb film credits here, just because I'm not super familiar with her as a documentarian or a filmmaker in general. It looks like she does specialize in documentaries. A lot of shorts, though. So not too many features uh, under her belt, although she's a producer, too. So that that's that's something. Um, we do hear her voice a couple of times. I assume at least that was her. It's kind of weird. Uh, that's one of the things about the film I think is unique, is that we hear her behind the camera a few times but uh courtney seems to be narrating it at times and that feels a little divisive because the the film it it starts like it's very like anton newcomb is like the focal point and then for Courtney to be n- narrating so much of it, it's like, ooh, that, and it clearly after this recorded, right? Like, cause he's reflecting back on things. Um, it's, it's very much like, Hey, remember this guy? Tell us about him, which <laughs> can paint you in a negative light, right? Like, cause you're going to be looking back, kind of criticizing this person who at first is depicted as your friend. And then, Oh wait, no, there's something else there. Um, it's, Okay, so I want to. I, I made jokes early, and I, it's it's important to note. Um, I I am aware that Corey's taste in music is very different than my own, and this has always been the thing. Like, there's always been like people that Corey has liked or artists that Corey has liked, and I've never heard of. Um, made up bands, which which is why the joke has been that she makes up the bands because so many times I'm just like, that's not real. And some of the names sound made up like Brian who? Jonestown, the Brian Jonestown massacre, for example, I feel like that's a me- really good name though, because we know who Brian Jones is and we know who Jones, you know, we know about the Jonestown massacre. Like I did not know who Brian Jones was. Oh, um, I did. Wasn't he? I don't, I don't remember it Rolling now. Stones and he died. Apparently. Yes. Okay. It was real, but I am also not, a, I'm a Beatles person over I the stones too, that's I, usually the case right i can appreciate it. um well we're watching a rolling stones documentary next week so hopefully i'll i'll realize the error of my ways or something but yeah i know very little about the rolling stones outside of, of Mick jagger and that 
Adam Levine wants the moves like him. So, um, out of here. So, I, I knew nothing about this documentary. I knew nothing about these bands. Um, I, I the Dandy Warhols. I obviously get Andy Warhol joke. I don't know if that's supposed to be like a reference of their style or their music, or if there's. Um, I don't know if I'm misremembering or if I've just seen way too many movies where like they start making up their own like slurs, but I feel like Dandy was a slur for homosexuals at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I didn't know if like that was like, are they implying that? Like, I don't you know. I've not really... I, I knew nothing. I, I knew you've talked about them before. Yeah. I saw them twice when I came to visit. Why Dandy? Um, I'm not, right. I'm not, I don't really know. And, well, uh, I feel like a terrible person right know. now. I'm like, oh, I really no. like this band. But so I, I, but I am a big fan of music documentaries. Um, I was listeners. You may or may not know this about me, but for a long time, my my goal was to be a famous musician. That, and I'm saying it like that because that was the goal. It was it wasn't just to be a musician. I wanted to be rich and famous, um, like a lot of. I would imagine people who start playing an instrument like, I want to be like, you know, the people I look up to. No, he, no, but he's got, he's probably severe undiagnosed mental problems. But, um, I put a lot of time and effort into music, not nearly enough. I like, I will always know, like I, I never really took the risk. Like I never went on tour, like in a van, like you see, even in this movie, um, that was not, I, I never left my comfort zone. I was always afraid. I didn't want to be the guy having to live on someone's couch, you know, um, the, the Lulin Davises, if you will. So I played it very, very safe and subsequently didn't make it. I, I had, you know, but I also didn't fail miserably because I didn't end up broken poor because I invested everything in, in being a musician. So it was a balance. Uh, I, I, but nonetheless, music documentaries have always been really compelling to me because of my love of music, my background with it. Um, most of my family had some kind of musical background, you know, again, no major successes, but my, my dad, longtime musician still plays, um, my grandpa played instruments. My uncles played instruments. They, you know, they taught me to play instruments. Um, so I, I'm always into this kind of thing anyway. So I went into dig knowing nothing about these, having been, I feel pretty confident. I had never actively heard the Dandy Warhols. Um, there's at least one or two songs that I kind of remember, but it's still like, it's, if I heard them, I never listened to them. Like they were this on is something. blowing my mind every time that you uh, say that. <laughs> yeah. So, and I've listened, I've actually, since watching the documentary, I've listened to several of their songs, um, because I, I don't dislike them. It's still, some of their stuff is too chill for me. I, I am, I am a little more, uh, I, I like up tempo music collectively. And I also like. I like dynamic music where I, I feel I, a song needs to have like peaks and valleys for me to really like get into it. Like I need to, if it's, if it feels monotone throughout. That's and so that interesting like, to me. I, I And again, I'm not saying that's right. I've just mm-hmm. over the years have kind of found where my comfort zone is with most music. And that seems to be patterns. I, I really like things to to shift and change. So I like even when I was like really into like heavy metal, where like they don't sing at all, they just scream. I never got into the bands that only screamed in one voice, right? Where like the whole time was just the exact same tone. So I always reference Lamb of God for that because 
his he could scream really high pitch and then he would go really deep and he would do it like interchangeably like he would scream like real high pitch like three or four words and then he would drop into like the guttural and so there's dynamics and i always got into that where like other bands like uh chimera is one that always pops into my my brain they just the same exact sound for every single line of the song it's just like i don't i don't want to listen to a dog bark for 10 minutes like i need i need dynamics because that's the shifts that really keep me engaged some of the songs i think do that and then there was a few songs that came on like i was just had their like their most popular songs i'm like this is too chill and it's the exact same thing for like the entirety of the three minutes uh i didn't pay attention to the names because i was driving so i know if i can't like this song but the two big songs that they have the bohemian like you and the um the one about heroin being passe oh my god the last junkie on earth not if you were the last yes that's it yes those I like. Uh, they're they're clear reasons why they're they were popular singles. And I, I will admit, I'm a, maybe a little too much of a single person as far as like there are unless it's a band that I fully embrace and they become like a favorite. I often am just like I like the singles from the radio and that's it. I think that I don't know. I don't know where I fit with music fans. I don't really know because I feel like a lot of bands and musicians make music for that now. Like. I feel mm. like a lot of bands don't make good albums and wow. I don't, like where you don't oh, skip no. any songs. Like I uh, see, I find that I think you're right, but the artists that I've recently found myself like latching onto the most are releasing songs as individual pieces almost because of like their, their internet famous, like grandson and K Flay are coming to mind where they seem to release more EPs and even like uh, Youngblood and Mizio, like they'll drop full albums, but you get like most of the songs off the album as singles, like over the course of the year that they're writing the album, like they're not waiting for you to get them all at once. They're like, Hey, we wrote this great song. Here it is. And then at the end of the year, it's like, well, here's a collective album, but you're not really buying any of them anyway. So we'd rather you just listen to them as soon as possible. So like their, their songs are getting thousands of listens, but they're the album, by the time the albums come out, you've already heard all the songs like a, mm-hmm. a few times, you know? Um, I, I'm always like impressed. Also, I know that bands don't often do it. Like I feel like a lot of bands, you get like maybe three, maybe four singles, but then sometimes you get musicians or artists that release like five songs for five singles for the album. Like I'm pretty sure teenage fan club, not a made up band, <laughs> not a made up band. Um, did that for this last album that they just released a couple albums, a uh, couple weeks ago. I'm pretty sure that JT did that with future sex love sounds. We had like five singles. Mm. Is it like a situation like that? Or are you like legitimately getting almost every single song that ends up being on the album? Um, it it can be both. Uh, okay. I found grandson's new album. I think he had four or five singles out prior to the release of the album. And okay. but again, he is like a grassroots kind of artist. Like he's getting, a. I found him through Sirius XM. Like that was the first time I heard of grandson. I love Sirius. Uh, and then I started listening and like, he had like a couple of EPs. He would drop just like four or five song EPs. And then he just had his full like first feature album. Not too, I think it was last December, um, and it's fantastic. I, I think it's amazing. And uh, K Flay um, had an EP drop last year. She just she's dropped. Uh, I, I I think I sent you the she covered uh, Brain Stew. 
mm-hmm. um, self-esteem and uh, break stuff on like a little EP she did. And that seems to be like her thing. And I love her internet stuff. She'll like show the process because she produces and does most of her own music. Um, and I just think she's brilliant. And, and I, I keep waiting. I, she's coming I, to Boise I feel if you like, come visit. Oh, I know. She's not coming to Florida. I'm so freaking sad. Um, I, I feel like I feel like you must feel the way I feel about her in that I want to talk about her music and nobody I know listens to it. And so that is the assumption that no one listens to the music that you listen to. It is. isn't meant to be insulting. No, I completely, no, I completely agree. I feel like our mutual friend and I have a lot of music in common. Like, you know, we listen to a lot of the same music. I feel like his taste is way more like all over the place and you know he, i don't know more varied than probably mine but i don't have a lot of people i can talk to and i find a lot of like i'm always afraid because i read a statistic sometime somewhere sometime that people over some certain age i think like 40 stop listening to new music and i don't want to be that person and i'm not 40 but you know what i mean yeah. i i want to always be enjoying new things i i don't i i I feel like that was true for a period. Um, I like right now, I still listen to some of the same bands that I listened to back in the day. <laughs> I, I find I don't like a lot of their new stuff though. I only like the old stuff, but I mostly listen like legitimately. I get in weird, like I almost only listen to K Flay right now. Like I, I have a, like I'll listen to some other stuff or I'll let like YouTube music suggest things that are, based off of her or grandson but i get very bingy with this stuff where like i just recycle the same songs for too long um and eventually i get worn down on that and i I am actually a little afraid that she's supposed to have a new album coming out i'm hoping that'll keep that from happening but um like i got into 21 pilots a few years back and they have a new album coming out in like two weeks and i'm not really feeling what i've heard so far and i might be done with them i didn't mean to end up in that position but i'm it's whatever but you know, I don't feel like a lot of people my age are listening to the bands that I'm listening to. And I don't know if that's because I teach high school kids that I'm just like around their music. Yeah, like and I'm not listening to it because they listen to it, but I am aware of things that maybe like and to be fair, I don't hear anyone talking about grandson. I heard them on, on Sirius. My daughter likes grandson, but I I definitely like him more. And she likes K Flay. I a hundred percent like K Flay more than she like K Flay is currently my favorite artist like i just think she's brilliant her lyrics are insanely good um she's got a sense of humor but also talks about real stuff i just think she's fantastic and her her style is a, a another thing for me that my taste is much more eclectic now than it was 10 years ago and that's like grandson's um he he'll do like a, a straight up rap song but then he'll do like a an acoustic folk song like he's all over the place with genre and k plays the same way and 21 pilots is ultimately the same um, and I like that in my music right now. I like a blending of genres. Why I think I've grown to like Tay Swift so much is that she is kind of a blend of genre. Like she's mostly pop, but within that pop genre, she's kind of dabbled in all the areas of it. Girl, like, you make know. some more folk albums. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, I There was one of her albums that I just did not like, and I can't remember the name of it. And I, I don't know. We try to sweep that under the rug, but <laughs> I, I totally agree. But I just, I don't know. And I do love YouTube music because, like, 
I don't know. Like, they, I feel like they're much better than, like, Pandora used to be with, oh, you like this, so you must like that. And it's like, how many times do I have to thumbs down or skip this artist? Because you're doing a very bad job. And you are not, you know what I mean? I feel like YouTube music is a little more in tune. But, you know. So, needless to say, listeners, I think we've proven that we are both music. maybe a little too obsessive in the music we don't do music podcasts, I think, because we both accept that maybe there are better people. Well, one we, it. yeah, and I think we're we are fans of it. Where, um, which I guess that's true of movies, but I have academically studied film. I have not, um, which I'm sure that everyone has not. You know, notice. I have not with music. Like I've, I have listened to music a lot, and I've spent a lot of time with what I like about music, and even as a musician. I was never really like, like I didn't learn to read music. I I could read guitar tabs. It's always been more of a, I enjoy it. I know what I like. I figured out how to play what I like, and that's it. And that's the most I've ever really dove into film uh, into music, where I've complete opposite with films. So I think with that in mind, that we should actually talk about the movie. Um, this documentary covers several years, which I think is it was always. Seven. Yeah, and that's that's a lot um, of footage that you have to uh, edit and piece together and then try to pull a narrative out of it. And there is a kind of fabricated narrative, but it, it's real in that um, Anton forces his band to be rivals with their one-time friend uh, of the Danny so Warhols. Weird. And that's kind of the approach that this documentary takes is like, how did it go from this these two bands that were both blossoming and looking to to uh, become kind of the trendsetters for their like postmodern like sixties revival essentially. Um, that's how they kind of describe themselves at some point. Danny Warhol seemed to really lean into the pop punk, not punk, sorry, not punk at all, pop rock, I guess, like. I, I, where would you put them? I I don't I don't really know. I just put everybody into the alternative music category. But I there you go. There's no one else that sounds like them, and they're just more my speed than the Brian Johnstone Masker because I do also like music that I can sing and dance to. Mm. So that's so, there. The doc's very. I think the doc's very engaging. Mm-hmm. At first. It felt a little erratic, but I think they're kind of setting up the the chaos that is their initial lives. Um, they are, you know, doing drugs and they're they're uh, Anton, especially he's kind of oh. like placed as a savant like that. He's just this musical genius. You keep hearing that throughout. Um, you get that from reporters. You get that from like executives. You get that from even I think Courtney even multiple, multiple times. times says how smart or how talented he is but there's just something wrong and it it definitely it's beyond it's the drugs are a self-medicating component of his problems in my eyes that's what i the way i kind of observed him um he's he's upset you know they they bring in the the father issues uh and then we're i guess i don't know what's a spoiler with this this is a documentary let I, I like the doc. Corey, this really is, it's not only your pick, but this is a movie that's could make or break a fandom for you. So what, how did it, how did it hit for you? I was real nervous, actually, especially, um, 
I'll tell you about a comment after we get into spoilers, but um, I was really nervous about it, but I really enjoyed it. And fandom holds strong. <laughs> okay, so th- this did not ruin your t- your opinion of the Dandy Warhols? Not even. All right, well, then I think let's go ahead and get into spoilers. Um, Dig, again, I bought for $7 on Amazon Prime. I think it was also 7 bucks on Google Play. Um, it's hard to get on. It's not on Vudu, and it's I don't think it was on iTunes even. Um, and it's it, you can get it on disc, but it's a little bit challenging. You're probably going to have to pay for shipping. It's probably not going to have Prime included uh, for that. So uh, digital is my, my path, um, but let's get into spoilers. Guys, here from here on out, we're going to talk about Dig in great detail. You have been warned. All right, what was the comment? You know, so, like, I used to go to, we had a local uh, vinyl preservation society, and we had monthly meetings, and really it was eating good food, talking about music and playing records for each other. But someone, we were talking, I think at this time the Dandy Warhols were coming to play a show at one venue, and the Pixies, or I think it was the Pixies, not just Frank Black Solo, was coming to play a show the same day at a different venue, of course. So I was leaning towards the Dandies. And, you know, one of my friends was leaning towards Frank Black. and uh, But I ended up coming home to visit at that time anyway. But they said that I really needed to watch this documentary because the Dandy Warhols are pretty much, I, I think, like, terrible, cocky you know, that it might change my idea about them or something. I can't remember the exact, you know. So I I wanted to watch it, but I was nervous because I still want to be a fan. Well, my having no prior knowledge to this, um, immediately didn't like Anton. Like, immediately was like, wow, this guy is very arrogant. Um, and I don't know, I... I embrace new stuff and I feel like when, when musicians act like, like other bands aren't good or that only they understand music or they're not sellouts. It's like, whatever, like, you know, that's, it's, it's nonsense. You're only mad because it's not that someone else. Yeah. I mean, even if it's not purely coming from there, you want, people to hear you that's why you're writing music like you want it to be heard so there's always going to be a dejected part of that process right like why isn't my brilliance being acknowledged and i get that because i definitely feel that way sometimes about my own stuff like not necessarily my music but like things that i do like i did this why aren't people acknowledging that i did this or if you've ever like done something and then someone else does it and like someone says hey good job you're like oh i do that too then that's exactly what i'm talking about like it's that mindset we just want to be acknowledged for the things that we actually show some talent for because that's the thing we can do well. And it's okay to feel like that. That's the thing. I'm not can, I'm not judging someone who wants to be acknowledged. I'm judging someone who's pretending like they don't want to be acknowledged. It's like, well, come on, dude. And it's like so hard because obviously success means different things to different people, but there are just sure. so many things. And I can see where – he has some successes that are very important to him in in this documentary. But, I mean, also, he's pretty much homeless. He isn't allowed to see his son. He's arrested. You know, I'm sorry, but there's one part of the movie where he is sitting there, and I think that they're saying that he just did heroin, and he just looks like, I think it's after they get back from Japan. He just 
it's like, don't let him like fall over on that bed. Cause you know what I mean? It just, mm-hmm. he did not look good. I don't know. Well, there's a part where he's fighting with his girlfriend or something. Like you don't see her. She's like weirdly oh, yeah. out of frame. Like, I don't know if she was laying on the ground or what was going on there. Um, but like that part's really intense. Um, and then even him trying to start the rivalry and like giving out the albums of the single, I forgot what, not the, if the you were the last called. dandy on earth. Yeah. Like, like it's so obnoxious. Even the fact that it was vinyl. Cause I, or at least it looked like a vinyl cause it was. it was really big. Yeah. How? Okay. Sorry. I don't mean to, to put this on, but I feel like hips are, you're really trying to offend me with this episode. <laughs> Well, no, okay. I'm all for vinyl right now, right? Vinyls are popular now. They didn't go the away time, for some people. For some people, Corey. That's the thing that I'm talking about. It's like, I was it's young. the hipster culture, right? That th- I feel like these two bands, I, I feel like the dandies are actually counter hipster culture because I feel like they are embracing being sellouts and being like, no, we're here to make money. And I, I don't feel like I feel like the Brian Jones are in that denial because that's the thing that I'm talking about. I don't mind a, a person liking what they like. I mind a person not liking things because it's, it's popular too trendy or it's popular. Like it's like, come on, just like it. It's OK to like it, even though other or people like, like it completely writing something off because it's popular. Yes. Like yes, that is exactly Swift what isn't I mean. talented because she's a sellout or like i just like listen to what makes you happy man you don't have to only listen to the most obscure bands on earth like and that the irony of me is getting upset about hipsters is i'm not trying to judge hipsters. i'm trying to promote just positivity that's all i want to happen i just want it's it should be okay like i don't like all the movies that i watch and sometimes i get a little too aggressive about other people liking them. I know this. I'm not innocent of this. I'm not trying to be a hypocrite, but I do know that generally speaking, I want to promote positivity. I want people like, I want art to exist for all people to like some of it. Like not all people are going to like all of it, but everyone should have something that they can look at as art that works for them, whether that's a song or a movie or a painting, right? Like if it's dogs playing poker or if it's mortal Kombat, or if it's, you know, the Dandy Warhols and or the Brian Jonestown thing. That said, I t- I told the story about Jersey Mike's earlier. Their live performances that they managed to capture in this documentary remind me of the Jersey Mike experience today. Because like their <laughs> stage show falls apart so hard so many times. Can I tell you, like, I I love I love music, but I love going to see live music. And I mean, at least they showed up, but it just reminded me so much of like Morrissey because like Morrissey, he's like, oh, my show didn't sell out. So I'm going to cancel. Oh, my show didn't sell. I'm assuming it's because the shows don't sell out because he doesn't really cancel a lot. And, you know, places where he sells out, but like, you know, he just. I don't know. And then hearing that some people were just showing up to these shows to see if there was going to be a fight, that would be so stressful to me as yeah. like a concert goer. So, what is this? As a very casual musician who played a bunch of shows, nothing great. I mean, we've played for three people ourselves. 
we've played for hundreds of people when we opened for Seven Mary Three and when we opened for Nomp. I was there. And it was a lot. It, right. Like the Seven Mary Three show especially was insane. Like the, that, they had such a local following at, in the area. And the the point though, as a very casual you know, musician who played a lot of bars and, and stuff, the general rule, in fact, my first live show, my bass broke a string in the first song and i had to i i tried to stop the song and my bandmates looked at me like i was insane and immediately like learned you don't stop the song you stop playing you fix your string and then you get back in the song as fast as possible like a nascar race you need a pit crew kind of thing and that was my that's always been the standard bands generally speaking don't stop because they made a mistake or something went wrong most of the time there's some exceptions and sometimes it plays very like cute. Like I think I've seen Dave Grohl do that once. He's like, no, 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 we're going to do this again. Like that's, you're playing it off. You're not being a jerk about it. This guy like is like punches his bandmate in the middle of the song. Cause it's not up to his par of what he thinks it needs to be. It's like so hard because like who likes, the guy who thinks he's the smartest guy in the room. Yeah. And it's like, you can't have, it was so funny. I can't remember who said it, but if Anton could clone himself and have Anton playing the tambourine and the guitar and the blah, 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 it would be a band of, you know, Anton's. And it's like, it's true. You can't be a seven or eight or 10 piece band. And then just be you, man. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and, like you can you can, you can write songs and and, and produce them, them and, and record them but you yeah if you're going to play shows you you have to be able to work with other people and he can't and honestly the the few songs I tried to listen to from the band I don't think are very good like I they're not I'm not saying they're bad they're just not my style and I wouldn't want to listen to that band but I didn't mind it as much in the doc um, I definitely think the dandies make more sense that they they went big because I don't feel like what Anton's doing, even if it is genius. And like there, a lot of like people were saying in the in the documentary that it's like, oh, it's it's the sixties, you know, it's he's he's like ahead of his time or whatever. It's like I I guess I don't know. Like uh, sometimes ahead is not better. Like you know, like I don't know because then I love uh, another music documentary that you need to watch as soon as it's available uh, was Edgar Wright's documentary about that band that now I'm not going to remember their name. This, the it's right there on the tip of my tongue. I listened to some of their songs after we talked about it. Yeah, I love their music when I was watching the documentary. Oh my god, they did that album with Franz Ferdinand. They sure did. The stacks, the stucks, it's something like that. I cannot think of it to save my life, but that documentary Sparks. is great. Uh, Sparks. That documentary is amazing. And yes, I am biased because I love Edgar Wright's movies and this is Edgar Wright's only documentary and it's got Edgar Wrightness to it for sure. Um, but that band story is super compelling. Dig Dig is as well. Dig is a compelling look. I think it's really interesting because it is from two different bands perspectives. Although I think it leans heavily on the Dandy Warhols as like the the protagonist i guess it's just so weird because like they're so different but they have nothing but good things to say about him and his band and it's like 
every time you turn around and I know that it's like we're being shown what the director what they want to show us but he's like he's they're being snakes like the whole documentary you know he, yeah. they're like saying that it's like this made up oh we're gonna be blurring oasis and but it's like the whole time you know before they even get famous like they show up to that uh dang what's the name of the song it's a good song but the video that they did the first video and they like spent four hundred thousand dollars on shooting it and they're like all of this for the dandy warhols you know what i mean yeah 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 they can't record it if you're not saying it you know yeah well and to me um some of that felt fabricated, but that's kind of the point is that he was trying to fabricate it. Like Anton was trying to use it as a way of hyping up both bands, right? Like that's the idea. It's like Rocky. So it's like Creed. Yeah, well, right. It's It was definitely, there was 100% jealousy. And also, I think to a degree, a lot of the, the compliments that the dandies were giving them were always caveats. Like, well, yeah, he's really talented but we don't like him. You know what I'm saying? Like it was like to soften the blow to, to sugarcoat the truth. Like, Oh no. Yeah. He's super talented, but whatever, you know, like talent doesn't make you, a, you know, someone, anyone wants to hang out with or open a show for or whatever. Um, and obviously they, they avoid him at times. They, they ban him from the one concert where he was giving out the records. And I mean, um, he's, I'm not saying it's wrong. Aggressive. I'm saying like, <laughs> Well, yeah, the dude's got mad problems. Like, just, he's obviously got addiction issues, and I mean, I, I, I would be, I would not be surprised because he's still alive, from what I gathered, right, Anton? Yeah, Newcomb? he like, I, it, I think that he's released like a million records. Yeah, he's got tons of stuff. Like something from 2018, I think was the last album that I saw on that band. Uh, he has a YouTube channel too, which I, it looks like it's just music cycled through it. But, um, I. I wouldn't be surprised if this is like the first celebrity who comes at us because oh, no. he, he seems like he would monitor for this kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? Like that he thrives on criticism. Um, He's a year younger than my mom. I can't handle it. Well, he, you know, I hope he's gotten help uh, that for me, I am, I'm sometimes a little naive. Like I know bands often do drugs and I was once accused of doing drugs because I was in a band and uh, not accused, accused is a strong word. My boss told me at Applebee's when I used to work at Applebee's many, many years ago. You worked there. I didn't work there long because of things like this, because my boss, uh, one, um, I thought, I think, I still think restaurant jobs are one of the most stressful jobs a person can have. You can do that job. Good for you. I did not enjoy it. Um, but my, my manager told me to come in high and I was like, what? I don't, I don't smoke weed. He's like, Oh, he's like, no, it's cool. You can tell me it's, this isn't a drug free workplace. I'm like, yeah, cool. I don't smoke weed. And then when I got hired at Lowe's, which is when I left, uh, Applebee's two months after working there, um, I was like, Hey, I'm putting my notice in cause I got hired at Lowe's. He's like, how'd you get hired there? I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, don't they drug test? I'm like, yes. He's like, so how'd you get hired? I'm like, I don't do drugs. He's like, you don't have to lie to me. I'm like, dude, this is why I'm leaving. <laughs> Cause this is, you're my boss. Like you're, and it wasn't like it was a kid boss. Like it was like a grown man who's just like advocating drug use amongst his employees. <sighs> um, which again, I'm not judging people who do drugs, but at the time, nothing was legal. Like now if you smoke weed, 
it's probably legal in the state you live in. Nothing was legal. This was like 2001. Not in Idaho. Uh, and so, you know, while I am aware many bands do drugs, I... or at least that's the, the myth, right? Most band documentaries avoid showing, showing the it. drug use. I w- like, especially like hard drugs. Like they might show the uh, a joint, but like they show them doing lines, a lot of lines of cocaine. I think it was cocaine. I actually have no way of knowing that. I know. I was assuming because Zia says at yeah. one point, she's like, you know, I'm just so happy to be. How do you get this lucky being in the coolest band on earth your first try? And then she's like, even when I have to buy all the coke, <laughs> I'm like, what? Yep. <laughs> So I assumed also. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, I was a little surprised at that. And again, that's early too. Like they, they show you that kind of party lifestyle. And I don't like that. I'm old. Because I, yeah, I, I, well, I also, I, I never did drugs because I totally bought into the dare program when I was in school, you know, like the drugs are bad. Don't do drugs. McGruff. Drugs will kill you. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, you got it, McGruff. I'm not going to do any of those things. And, you know, um, I, I have experience with people in my life who have t- negative consequences. And a lot of musicians that I admire are dead. And not just musicians. A lot of actors as well are dead because of drug use. And so I've always looked at drugs as, as the enemy. Now, I'm not saying all drugs are equal. And not everybody does drugs in the same capacity or whatever. But you definitely see Anton's heroin problem. Oh, it's gets scary. Like, I don't know that one part. I mean, there were a couple parts he looked kind of rough, but that one part where he's sitting on the bed. Yeah, there. I mean, there's a few parts. Even like some of the, you could tell a difference in his demeanor at times, whether he was recently on or if he was like coming down from, mm-hmm. and um, even like his look throughout, like. The freaking mutton chops. God, I just wanted to movie. shape those off. Me too. And, and I, I'm a Wolverine Eon, fan. What was that one kid's name? So here, this documentary answered a very important question for me. You, okay. your one sole talent in a band can be to play the tambourine. I don't really know how hard that mm. is, but I think I can do it. And I think someone should let me join their band. Yeah. Well, I mean, because that one that guy. Dude, he just plays a tambourine. That dude was interesting, though. Like, he was actually one of the most interesting people. And he's yeah, kind of the I, face of a lot of the posters and stuff. can't remember his first name, but Joel? Joel Gion? I think it's Joel Gion. Yeah. Okay. It is. I'm, I'm looking at uh, Letterboxd right now. Um, yeah, he's he's on the face of several of the posters for this movie, um, which is interesting because he's not the face of either band. Like, I honestly assumed he must have been, like, the singer. Um <laughs> and then he he's just this and like you said he's not even no offense to tambourine players but let's i think let's i could do real. it <laughs> it's not something it even it's it's the cowbell right like it <laughs> you might hear it in a song but most of the time it's just background noise it's not it's not the dominant you know musical I'll element to any of the songs <laughs> but yeah but he he uh, as a stage presence it's like the guy who dances in mighty mighty boss tones like it's Word. it feels like a joke but yet he he brings the entertainment through the stage show and that this guy it wasn't so much a stage show but he definitely brought the controversy well right? like he he seems to be at the center of a lot of the conflict uh, well i 
<laughs> doesn't he say like early on he's like i'm pretty sure this makes the 21st official time i've quit the band <laughs> like yeah everything about that band just stresses me out they just stress me out <laughs> like i can't handle you people same oh a hundred percent the same their their show sequences are so stressful in this movie to me i'm just like oh my god stop being horrible like i can't remember the other guy's name but he was also a songwriter and i think he played guitar and like there's that one show where he always sings that song courtney taylor tells us because that's his song he wrote it but anton like starts playing it and then there's like this big fight he like goes around the stage and he takes the microphone from anton and then he's like singing it and then he's like and this was the last time that so-and-so played <laughs> with the brian yeah. Masker. like I don't know. It's even stressful on screen. Like, it would be so stressful in, like, real life. When Anton kind of leaves, the band's, like, no longer the band, but he's still, like, I guess he's still Brian Jonestown Massacre, even when he's not with them. Him. Uh, there's a part where he's playing a show, and he's like, let me entertain you. And, like, he's, like, yelling at the crowd. Like, those moments bother me for so many reasons, because it's like, hold on, dude. One, like it. I get like they throw fruit at him at that part too. And he's like, he's yelling at them and he's like threatening people. And it's like, and he's like, man, are you going to shoot me? Do you have a gun? Like you're going to ant- yeah. antagonize the wrong person, homie, which I mean, how, when you then realize like, a, I don't know what year that was. This came out in 2004, but that dime bag is going to be killed on stage by a crazed fan who blamed him for Pantera breaking up that watching this in hindsight is like kind of terrifying right because that hadn't when, wh- i don't believe it had remember when yet. he passed away i was it was not too long after this documentary came out uh 2000 because i was in contrast i re- i was with December. my band it at practice when it happened like we we got the news and we were all like shell-shocked dang um it's <sighs> so like yeah, it's not long after this documentary would have seen the light of day. I don't know that there would be a lot of crossover with this documentary and Pantera fans, but it, it is like I don't I don't remember anyone being shot on stage before the dime bag shooting. So I don't you know, it's weird to hear this guy like challenge that. Like, do you have a gun? Shoot like uh, and again, he's nuts. He's on probably multiple drugs and. And I, I think he's got mental problems prior to the drug use, and the drug use only exacerbates those problems. That's what the vibe is. And again, that's not uncommon because a lot of people self-medicate Medicaid. when they – so, you know, and again, not, not meant to be a judgment as much as, like, a observation. observation of why it's it's so tough to watch this at parts because you are just like, oh, my God, dude, please stop being awful. Like, it's just- – if I went to a concert and the the singer started telling me I, how I was supposed to react to their music, I probably wouldn't react the way they wanted. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not how you get people to do the thing, you know? Like, why don't you love me? Like, well, it doesn't help that you're pointing it out. Like, because that's you're acting like a two-year-old right now. They can play a hundred mu- yeah. instruments. So it's like, at one point, he, he's, he could have had record deals, but people are recognizing that he's probably going to be hard to work with. So he finally gets oh, yeah. signed to a record Morrissey man. Um, 
finally gets signed to a label and they build him an in-home studio, which I think for a person like this is definitely, you know, that just makes so much music, you know, and can do it whenever they want to. I feel like that's definitely a sign of success for him that he's able to do what he wants when he wants. And he probably has control of most of the process. Um, But I don't know. And I'm like reading the quotes on IMDb and dying because I remember the whole part, that part in the documentary where they're talking about he like send like drops off a package to them at a venue and they're like wrapped gun sh- shotgun shells and stuff in there with the with his names on it with their names on yeah. it yeah oh man all this stuff and they're talking about you know they never want to see him again they're never going to play a show with him again and then but if Pete Hallstrom is like also buy their albums though. So. So I'm on. Um, I, I we should wrap this up because uh, one, if we're just commenting on whether or not a movie is good, it's very clear this movie worked for both of us because we have a lot of thoughts and like we're we've kind of bounced all over the place. But not only do we have thoughts on the movie, but it's branching out, which is a, usually a good sign. Like uh, this has got us thinking about all sorts of things related. But this guy's review, his name's Jacob DeNoble on Letterbox. It says, you know how Ed Wood is about someone with no natural talent, but a strong work ethic and positive outlook on life. who recruits a stable of like-minded people to create a family of oddities. But nonetheless, he says, this is the exact opposite story of that. It's like, here's, here's someone with a lot of talent who has no people skills, essentially, and basically shoves everybody who ever gave him a chance away because he's so awful. And that's, that feels very accurate. Like, yeah. Yes, he's so self-destructive. And it's like, do you even see that you're, like, doing this? Yeah, I I definitely like this documentary. I'm so um, glad. I think this whole... I think the whole month is going to be like this, though, because I just find musicians to be very... very interesting subject matter. Like, how do... You know, one, because I, as a musician myself, I, I've written a lot of songs in my time, I, I like some of them. Some of them I am very proud of even. And others, I'm like, wow, that's absolute trash. And to see like people crafting their art, like that's one of the, the Taylor Swift documentary. I really, I like getting to see her as a person. Oh, the newest um, one? The Miss Americana, I think was the doc that came out on Netflix. And then the she has the live performance of her making folklore, which is also great. Like the live studio session thing that's really cool on disney plus uh the miss americana is on netflix um but then i've mentioned um you know i actually i love metallica's uh some kind of monster documentary is so candid and you kind of get to see a lot of the truth that we kind of suspected about the band after the napster thing but also like their inner struggles and them trying to work around you know like mental health things and i used to have i had so many vhs's of like corn's original um like vhs kitty when kitty was a band that was like up and coming they had a vhs i had slipknot's vhs like i i was really into um mudvane's ld 5.0 had a really great uh it was a live performance so they had stuff in between um i i've always been into this genre because i i just i love seeing the process and i I like seeing the human the the people behind the music too right like who who are they? Why do they write what they write? You know, is it coming from a place of, of, you know, reality for them? Um, I, I, cause I, you know, music, 
to me, it's always been a huge part of my identity of like how I, how I dress and, and even my kind of overall demeanor. I think even to a degree, my vocabularies came from like my music that I was into. And so this is, these are so intimate to me because we get to see the artist. Um, we get to see the person behind the artist. And I, I really embrace that element of, of music docs and, whether it's a performance doc like uh um the talking heads uh oh why well, can't I think of what it's sense. called stop making sense i couldn't make sense of it um that's such a great and i still think we get to see a little bit of who david byrne and the talking heads are in that just in how they do their performance and how they they you know tell the story with jonathan demi directing but then with something like this where it's truly candid right like where it's barely about the music it's about the people right the music's the why we care who these people are but the documentary itself is definitely much more interested in the story of the individuals um specifically anton i think he's he's really at the center of it um even though courtney's talking to us uh, directly as a narrator which is why i think it's so odd that he is because i do feel like this is so much about anton but he doesn't do any like updates it's all just the footage we have of him which maybe he wouldn't i would have i don't know I, I wouldn't be surprised if he wouldn't or if like they had a bad connection at the end because he definitely seems to burn every bridge that he has. But um, I, I'm I say I don't know if I I'm going I don't know if it's a must see for everybody, but it's definitely a must see for, I think, music. People like us who just maybe overly obsess over music and, and have a lot of thoughts on music, and even if we're not necessarily actively musicians. And I mean, you aren't a fan of either band and you still found it you know which to be fair though i also don't think either band is bad i just didn't know them and They're uh because it it's different like if there, there's bands who i do not like i don't know if i could sit through a documentary about that but but i will point out though this again even if you didn't like the music of either one of these bands it's not about the music really like the music you get a little taste of what what kind of music they they make and there's music in the movie but it's so much of the footage is if there is a performance video it's usually the performance falling apart <laughs> so it's not Fair. <laughs> it's not like a, a performance doc in that way so Fair. uh well, I, I assume must see for you yes there you have it folks dig from 2004 worth checking out if you have access to it especially again if you're big into music uh, we went a little little longer than normal because of how much it resonated for us. Um, so again, if you're like that, check it out. Uh, we'll be back next week with, I already dropped it, but we're going to be watching Gimme Shelter, um, the Rolling Stones documentary. That is available to watch on HBO Max with the subscription. Um, and I am looking forward to it because I don't know a whole lot about Rolling Stones. Like I obviously know who they are. They're too big to like, it's not like the Dandy Warhols where I can pretend like I've never heard of them. I, I, they're the Rolling <laughs> I feel Stones. like you shut up though. Um, but yeah, who's this band? <laughs> the Rolling uh, Stones? That's, that's funny I, though. They gather no moss, right? Um, <laughs> that said, uh, in the meantime, if you'd like to reach out to us or, or follow us or talk to us or whatever, you can find us on social media. I am at Burke Reviews and Corey. At Corey R Star, two R's on the end. And BurkeReviews.com for all of our reviews. If you like what we're doing here at Movie uh, Club, we ask that you rate and review the podcast. It helps other people find us. Um, until next week, we say stay safe and keep watching movies. 
has been a Burke Reviews podcast. BurkeReviews.com. Hey, this is Matt from What I Watch Tonight. Come join me in the back row for movie discussion, retrospective episodes with guests, director focus shows, end of year rankings, start of the year predictions, and much, much more. There's more going on in the back row than you might think. Thank you.